Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. This week on the show, we're talking about yoga, the practice of yoga, and how it can be a great benefit or ally or support system in the realm of social justice, in the realm of personal healing when it comes to addiction, this kind of thing. And we'll just take a really broad view of how yoga has been effective in my life and how it can be effective in your life. Um, rather than just looking at it as like stretching or an exercise program. And we'll look at some of the issues and challenges that we are facing during this time. Um, people from all walks of life and hope to uh, shed some light on um, this healing system and how it's been of such great benefit for me in my own journey of recovery from addiction, in my own journey of um, creating new lifestyle habits that support me to be a better father, a better partner, a better social justice activist, a better warrior for the earth. So it's it's an exciting episode and I've been sort of turning things in my mind during my meditation and in some of my uh, walking and practices. So I really wanted to speak to that today. So I look forward to, it's a big topic and obviously we're not gonna be able to cover everything and it's a limited perspective from my own perspective, uh, but I believe that it will be of benefit to some who are watching or listening to this. So first, I just want to uh, let everybody know who's listening to the podcast that you can watch these podcasts on youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. I also record it live on Wednesday mornings. The time kind of fluctuates based on my family, but it's usually in the 9 or 10 o'clock range Pacific time. So if that's something that you're interested in tuning into, you can always ask questions. I make some space to talk to the community after the video, or if you want to watch it on uh, your TV screen or uh, on a computer screen, you know, put some headphones on and have the visual experience. The YouTube's a great option. If you're watching the video and you'd like to have the audio so you could listen to it in your car or go for a walk in nature, put your headphones on and just tune into the teachings, you can always check out Revealing the Diamond. We put these episodes out on audio. They come out on Fridays. So that's kind of how it works. If you want to engage more in the teachings and with the community, become a member of True Seekers Union by going to trueseekersunion.ca. We meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And also, I have online classes that you can become a part of uh, by visiting thedharmatemple.com. So lots to think about, but you can always hit the 15-second back button on your device and go back to it. Um, I also put these in the show notes on YouTube, so you can just scroll down and it'll uh, show you how to get in touch with me. Thank you to our sponsors. First of all, thank you to Seed Apparel, who makes sustainable hemp clothing, super stylish pants that can be used for any kind of active activity or just hanging around in your house during <laughs> COVID time, whatever it is you do. Uh, they're really stylish. They're an environmentally responsible company, um, socially responsible company, and they've been a sponsor for the show for quite some time. So thank you, Seed Apparel, for all you do. Check them out at imseed on Instagram or theseedstore.ca. And also a big thank you to Minds Die. Minds Die does a lot of the dyeing the, the stars that I wear. Um, she's working on a full like blue uh, tracksuit warrior style, um, and she does anything custom. I really, really love her. She's a delightful person. So please check out the Minds Die on Instagram or visit her Etsy store and get yourself some hand-dyed, one-of-a-kind uh, fabric or, you know, start a, a custom job with her bed sheets. I really am down with the bed sheets, kimonos, anything you can think of. If it's fabric, she can dye it and she is very talented. So please check out the Minds Die. 
As I mentioned at the start, this week on the show, we're going to explore yoga and how yoga can be effective, uh, an effective way of living that will support uh, some of the work that needs to be done on this planet individually, whether it's dealing with anxiety, depression, stress, um, addiction, whatever you may be facing, um, and then also collectively how it can speak to social issues and healing some of the harm of the past uh, and moving forward. And um, it's an effective system for me, and it's a very broad and vast system. I think it's often misunderstood. I spoke in a previous video about how guru, the word guru, is misunderstood. And so today I would like to talk about yoga, how it can be misunderstood, how it is being interpreted um, in an effective way during this time, and how it's been beneficial in my own life. So uh, exciting topic, broad topic, and I hope, uh, I hope we can cover a lot of ground that is going to be beneficial for you in your life and in your journey. So I guess the f place to start would be to ask the question, what? Like, what is it? What is yoga? Um, yoga is an, an old, 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 since the beginning of human beings, since the beginning of uh, time, um, in my personal opinion and understanding. It, it's an experience of oneness. It's an experience of the interconnectedness of all of life. It is to join with the one. And, um, and then there are... There's a, a system, a very broad system that, uh, especially from India, that's been fine-tuned and shared with the world. Um, and it, it is like, uh, I don't know, uh, yogic philosophy is a guide to uh, create uh, structure. Structure, that's a big one, especially for people who are dealing with recovery issues or changing lifestyle habits. Structure is very important. It's a structure that is unique to you. You're going to apply it in your own way, unique to you, uh, but that can support you to experiencing that oneness um, on a more regular basis. And it's not that you're ever disconnected from that. It's always there. It's omnipresent. It is always, 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 always present. But the challenge is our thinking mind uh, will fool us as we deal with Maya, this material realm, into thinking, oh, we're not connected to that oneness. And so the practice is a remembering. That's sort of in a, in a nutshell um, what yoga is. And so that's the what. And then why? Why do I practice yoga personally? Because that's really the perspective that I can share, the way that I'm viewing it. Um, I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years, and the reason why is liberation. Liberation from harmful habits, addictive behavior, criminal behavior, harmful behavior, and um, learning new lifestyle patterns that will allow me to transmute the pain that I experienced from those lifestyle habits that I was cultivating in my own life uh, unbeknownst to me even, just doing it because that's how I lived and creating new patterns so that I can transmute the pain that I've experienced into medicine, into healing. So that's why. And I do want to also note that a big part of my journey in, in understanding yoga and creating space for that process to happen, as many of you who are regular listeners know, uh, being a Sikh or a student of the Guru, the Sikh tradition, 
is also a key part of the yoga. And for me, those things go together, even though there are people uh, from the Sikh tradition who will say, you know, yoga is Hindu and we are Sikhs and those things don't mix. Uh, From reading Guru Granth Sahib and from spending time with my guru, I found that that's not that's a very elementary way of viewing it and i know we're all on our own journey and i don't know anything by any means but the way i hear the guru in the sikh tradition speak about yoga is the way that i understand yoga to be by spending time in the company of great sages by spending time making mistakes by spending time uh, in pain and in grief and in learning and in bliss and all of the things that come along with the yoga practice um, my understanding from spending time with the Guru Granth Sahib and the Sikh tradition, the experience of oneness uh, is yoga. The confusion around yoga is we've sort of forgotten, uh, many of us, not all of us, what yoga is. And so the confusion is coming from I'm not really sure what it is, and so I can't really a- answer why. Does that make sense? Not me personally. We just answered the question. But the confusion comes from if we don't know what it is, then we're going to have a hard time explaining why or why not uh, should we be engaged in the practice of yoga. And that's kind of the reason why I wanted to do this episode so that I could speak to that and answer some of those questions. Um, Or maybe just like create a bit of clarity for, for anyone who cares to listen and speak to some of those challenges and also speak to some of the uh, solutions or the awareness um, that I've experienced that have brought healing into my life. So it's a lot, it's kind of a wordy intro, but I think as we go, it'll uh, make a little more sense. So what I want to do is I want to go through uh, today specifically, I want to go through the uh, eight limbs of Patanjali's yoga in the Yoga Sutras and sort of apply them to what I've experienced in the modern day and share some of what I see as solutions and ways forward and an opportunity for healing and also things that could change and view it through the lens of how it's benefited me. So let's start from the beginning, uh, the yamas, which is the first stage. In my experience, um, yes, these uh, eight limbs of yoga are cumulative, but sort of like the stages of grief, you kind of go go up and down and familiarize with the different areas so that you could have a clear way up and down the stairs. You know, it's like, you know, when you are in your house and it's nighttime, say the power's out or something like that, you could probably go up and down the stairs in your house without a flashlight if you'd lived in that house for a long time. But if you hadn't lived in that house for a long time, say you were visiting a friend or you were on retreat and it was your first time in the house and it was dark, it would be incredibly challenging to go up and down the stairs. But if you had gone up and down those stairs on a regular basis, then if it was dark, then maybe it would be easier for you to see. So that's sort of what I mean. The stairs go in order, but uh, you create a uh, more tangible relationship with each stair as you practice going up the stairs. Does that make sense? And falling down the stairs at the same time. So we start from the beginning, and the foundation of all of this is compassion. You know, we call it a ahimsa or non-harming. Compassion is the root of it. It is the root of, in my personal experience, uh, being human and dealing with suffering. If there is no compassion, it is you are going to experience suffering on a greater level. Um, and it's going to cause all sorts of 
habitual behavior that is going to perpetuate suffering in your bloodline, in the society in which you live, in your relationships. If there is no um, awareness of compassion, commitment to compassion, it is going to it the soil is not fit to to grow and it needs to be tilled and worked with so it is the heart of the matter compassion it's kind of like no awareness of compassion yet wow you got some work to do you know you've got it okay great that means you're you're getting the like you've got the foundation you've got the you've got the outfit on or the safety suit or the um you know whatever it is you need like to get going you know you get on the plane and this and the flight attendants tell you here's all the details you've bought your ticket you've sat down in your seat you've been given like the prep and now you're ready to take off that's compassion without it you ain't on the plane and it doesn't mean you have to be perfect at it and you know you, you and it's not about that it's just i think the beginning of any sort of spiritual awakening is the question who am i and, and or like there has to be more to life than this or something like that and then you know the exploration of that starts to become you know like i'm tired of suffering i'm tired of seeing the suffering in the world um, i want to do something about it that's a compassionate response so it's the beginning uh, of uh, the path so it's the foundation right and then uh after uh compassion you're all prepped then you're going to look at truth which is why we started the group truth seekers union it's a, an exploration in truth what is true um and i'm talking about supremely true i'm not necessarily talking about facts although that plays a part in it i'm talking about what is true supremely true what is true what are you here to do what is your purpose in this life why are you here what is true and and that's sort of the beginning of exploring like okay i i i want to be healthy or i want to create something or i want more uh, joy in my life or however you view it a fuller more vital experience of this reality living in this organism in this world of, of pain and delusion and pairs of opposites that also carries within it uh, joy and happiness and and, and it's fleeting. It's constantly moving. You know, it's like sometimes I'm feeling great. So, I mean, talk about during now. Like, don't don't you feel like those of you who are watching live, don't you feel like you kind of go like, OK, yeah, I can do this. We can do this. Everything's going to be all right. It's a pandemic time, but we can make it happen. And then the next day it's like, what it, the hell is happening? I don't know who to trust. I'm down in the dumps. And you just sort of fluctuate between, between it all. Well, this is a magnification of this realm of Maya where we live. And our work is to notice like, okay, there's truth in everything. There's truth in pain. There's truth in sukh and dukh, sweetness and pain. And, and so I'm going to begin a practice of looking for truth. And that begins looking within you, looking for truth within you. And it starts with compassion, compassion for yourself, compassion for the world around you. And then you start to look at what is true. Notice how we're talking about yoga here and we have not said anything about, you know, who's the most flexible person, who's got the most expensive pants <laughs> or, or anything to that effect. This is the beginning of the experience of union, yoga, oneness, the experience of um, your individual soul 
joining with the paramatman like the the all in all experiencing the all in all in you individually so what is true and then looking at uh asteya which is like i'm not going to steal this is a big one now i'm going to go into steal but i want to first start by saying asteya like uh, asteya means non stealing and to me like the the journey of truth and experiencing oneness not stealing is very important but i would even take it further in the language than just saying not to not steal i would say you know what causes a person to steal in my experience as a person who has been a thief and as i mentioned criminal behavior what causes a person to steal in my own experience is that you feel like you don't have enough you are not enough you literally do not have enough um or you may have enough comparatively comparatively speaking you know like you may not be dying from starvation or something physically i'm talking about bread but you may be in, in other realms like you don't feel accepted and so you need to steal the the latest thing to feel some sense of value like a false sense of worth or materialism um and so there's a lack of self-worth there's a lack of physical worth or possessions or the basic needs to survive and ultimately what that causes is there's no room for gratitude to exist i don't have enough i'm not enough and so therefore i'm not thankful for this life for this breath for this body for this experience for this and so how do we get ourselves to a place where we see that like nanak said ad such to god such habi such nanak osb such how do we get ourselves to a place where we see you're born worthy you're worthy your whole life you're always worthy and you will always be that of infinite value to me that's what asteya is about it's about developing a sense of worthiness it's not really developing it cuz that sounds like it's not even there it's like becoming awake to your worth and the worth of others and in doing so you don't feel like you have to take and take and steal and grip and grab and all of that and 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 what is going to continue that forward in your life is a practice of gratitude a practice of saying thank you thank you thank you as opposed to what's in it for me what can i get where's my and we've done that with yoga practice you know it's like we've we've pushed especially in the west we've pushed people whose families who have carried these traditions for generations out of the yoga centers and we've given the voice to the popular and and this is a generalization it's not all the time but it it is happening um because i know from talking to my indian friends who this is a part of their bloodline and they feel like there's not a place for them in these teachings because it's become this like who's got the fanciest posture and the best body and the best playlist and the most people in the class and it's it's such a limited view of what we're talking about today like i want to know from somebody whose parents and grandparents have been understanding uh this system for generations i want to elevate and amplify 
that i don't uh, them and their family's voice i don't want to like push that aside so that i can get more followers and likes to me that's stealing you know or or people there's another side of that that's more subtle where people say like who are involved in that like getting followers and doing the exercises and all of that and um they go oh well i don't really like want to connect with like the spiritual lineage side of it so i'm not going to call it yoga and i'm just going to keep the spirituality out of it and i'm just going to call it mindful movement just to make sure that i'm honoring those people to me that's not honoring that's washing it aside or watering it down if you are experiencing something that has brought great benefit to your life and it's connected like an indigenous wisdom and it's come down through a bloodline that is not your own bloodline, even though it may seem politically correct to go like, well, I'm just not going to call it that. I'm just going to make it my own. My friend, that's you're watering it down and washing it. You're whitewashing it. And I know the intention is pure, but you're missing it. Like for me, the great value of, let's say, from the Sikh tradition, which has been so beneficial for me, um, it's been a challenge. Like people, you know, people like white friends, well-meaning white friends ask things like, do you have to wear a turban? Or do you think like if you didn't like dress like that, like maybe it would be more palatable to your audience and you would get more followers and more clients and you know, do you think like this is what I'm talking about where it's like, I do those things because that's what gives me the space to transmute some of the harmful behaviors and the pain that I've experienced into medicine. It's by getting up and doing my prayers. It's by going on pilgrimage to India and Punjab and sitting in meditation and doing, uh, learning the language and learning to speak Punjabi and learning Gurmukhi and learning the history and doing my practices and taking care of my body it's like this whole integrated system that the more i spend time in the company of people who have been doing this for generations the more capacity i have to process my pain and if i just went like oh well it might not be palatable for people and i want it to be accessible for my white friends who are watching the video no that's it's not we can't go there we've been doing it for too long it's created a ladder of hierarchy that has allowed systems of oppression to continue to go on and we want to dissolve and dismantle them i'm proud of my turban i'm proud of my sikh heritage i'm proud that and humbled that i don't know what other people know but i've experienced the benefit of it same thing with yoga like Learn about where it came from. Learn the language that it is spoken. Honor the honor it. Honor the people who have been carrying it for generations. Don't just take it and dress it up as, oh, this is the politically correct way to, to take it so nobody will, will really notice that I'm doing it. Uh-uh. Look at the aspects of your life if you're a yogi and practicing yoga or a spiritual tradition and ask yourself, where can I say thank you? How can I say thank you? You know, I, I spoke re, uh, maybe two years ago at a, a camp where there was a Sikh Gurdwara in the Kundalini Yoga tradition, and everybody's really hesitant to bow 
at the grand sub and they, you know, it's like, Oh, they're bowing to a book and this is weird. And you know, I get, it's all a bit culty and everybody's dressed in white and never really resonated with me, but the connection with the guru spoke really deeply to me. And I was found it was very simple to explain to people why we're bowing. You know, the question at the time was how many people here have had a profound experience with the sound current of Gurbani, which means like inhale sat, exhale nam as simple as that have you had a profound experience with that every hand in the room went up okay great so you've had a profound experience of that isn't that awesome aren't you so grateful that you got to have that experience in your life yes i'm so grateful okay did you know that there are people from northern india whose families gave their lives so that that sound current could continue to be present here they gave their lives they fought against forced conversion they defended people of other faiths who were being forced to convert even though they didn't believe the same thing isn't that amazing that that is how that experience that you had got to you? Isn't that so cool? And people are like, yeah, that is so cool. Well, don't you think it would be like not that big of a deal to say thank you, you know, and to like learn more about that? And when you bow your head at the guru, you know, you're not just bowing to a book. You're bowing to the commitment of people who are saying, I want you to have that experience. I want you to be able to be free to practice your religion. Not you have to practice, become a Sikh. And it's not about that. I want you to be free to express exactly who you are. And I'm committed to doing everything I can to make that possible for all of us. That's not stealing, my friend. That's a practice of gratitude and enoughness. And that's the system of yoga, right? It's like practice compassion seek out truth and recognize your worth recognize the worth of the traditions that have blessed your life your teachers your you know all of the and even the challenging lessons and don't just take even yoga like how many people have i dealt with over the years who they'll volunteer to do seva and then in volunteering to do seva like to serve to volunteer from out of the goodness of their heart and then if something happens like some kind of scandal in the studio they'll start going oh and they never paid me for my work and i should have been paid and they were stealing labor whoa talk about privilege my friend service for the sake of service that is such a foreign concept for some of us you know, when we opened yoga centers with no money, we didn't borrow anything. We did everything we could to serve people. And we watched people who called themselves friends of ours say, oh, I'm not going to teach there because you're not going to pay me what I'm worth. Wow. Okay, cool. I mean, in my life, I am not perfect. And I've caused a lot of harm and I've been greedy and I've taken just like everybody else. But there have been moments where I've gone like, you know what? I'm going to do this for the good of the whole and I'm going to show up and serve. And those have been some of the most rewarding times in my life. How do we move ourselves out of the mind frame of what's in it for me? And it's happened on the other side. People taking advantage of students, obviously. And this is a process that we're all working on together. How can I get out of the frame of mind of what can I take and get into the frame of mind of how can I serve and it's a process I don't expect everybody to be there <laughs> we're working on it right we're working on it
Then brahmacharya, the next one is brahmacharya, which I think about as energy management. You know, like a big one. Don't sleep with your students. Don't sleep with members of the community. If you're in a position of leadership, I would even say if you're in the community, be very leery about how you're exchanging energy with other people. Because not everybody has your best interests in mind. Energy management. You know, how I heard this really touching story. By the way, uh, if you haven't listened to Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, I highly recommend tuning into that. It's a great podcast. Um, and Sonia Renee Taylor was on the podcast, and she was telling this story about this book that she's written. It's called My Body is Not an Apology. I haven't read the book, but I intend to. And in the book, uh, or in the interview, excuse me, uh, podcast interview, you can check it out on Spotify. She was talking about how a young woman who had cerebral palsy had gotten pregnant and because she'd had unprotected sex. And, and she was talking about this with uh, Sonia Renee Taylor. And she, had, uh, and she didn't want to keep the baby. She didn't feel like she was in a place to be able to keep the baby. And she had asked her, well, did you have protected sex? Uh, sex had used condoms and she said no and she said why not and she said well you know with my cerebral palsy it's hard enough for me to have sexual intercourse because of the challenges with my body and positions and I just didn't think it would be appropriate to you know say oh can we put a condom on so I just went along with it what and when I heard that, it just broke my heart. And I thought, how many times have I gone along with things because I thought it would be more convenient for other people and I didn't want to make waves and I didn't want to listen to my truth? That's an energy management issue. And that is like her books, Anya Renee Taylor's book. That was a, where the My Body is Not an Apology came from. Your body is not an apology. Your truth, your way of, your, you know, your faith is not an apology. Who you are needs to be expressed. And so we need to create healthy relationships with our energy, our sexual energy, our creative energy, in order for that to be expressed and create some clear boundaries around that. And as a young man growing up, I wasn't really taught about that because it was an awkward thing to talk about. And now as a father of a young woman, it's still an awkward thing to talk about, but it's incredibly necessary. That's what brahmacharya is about. It's not about manipulating people into becoming celibate. Give me a break. It's about, you know, when you sleep with another person, you're, there's an exchange of energy going on and you're taking on each other's stuff. So are you ready for that? Are you ready to just throw your energy, this beautiful infinite worth that you've been giving to, out to whoever will take it? You know, and it's not about guilt. If you did that for years, you know, maybe you're still doing it now. I mean, I've been there. Like, wow. You know, talk about a young man growing up in the 90s with rap music, all of the influence that I got about, like, what made you valuable as a man, as a basketball player. And, you know, it was a complete disregard and disrespect of women was highly uh, fashionable. It's complete fucking bullshit. And it's taken years to even start to unravel that. I feel like I'm just getting going. And like, you know, there's a lot of pain there. Pain that I've caused for others and pain that I've caused for myself. 
And it's about how can I do better and how can I do better is understanding, like we've said, my truth. What am I here to do? Practicing enoughness. Uh, you know, most of my sexual exploitation that was uh, done to like harming myself and others was uh, because of self-worth issues. I didn't think I was good enough, so I had to prove it based on these standards that were set before me. And I think that would a lot of people would say that's pretty common, you know. So can you learn to manage your energy? Sexuality, amazing. Pleasure, amazing. It's a necessary part of your life. And it's unique to you and should be expressed. All, all that I'm saying from the lens of yoga is express it in a way where you're being true to yourself, you're being compassionate to the people involved, and you're not manipulating others. And when you do and have, say sorry. Make it right. Do your best. It's a big one. And, you know, I'm not sitting here on the other end of this uh, camera or microphone going, and look at how great I've done. I've failed and failed and failed and failed. But I'm starting to see where things went wrong. And yoga has supplied me with the lens. Sikhi has supplied me with that lens in order to make amends and do better. And then the last one is um, a parigraha, not hoarding. You know, so you're, you're starting to manage your energy. You're starting to practice gratitude. You're starting to realize your truth. You're starting to, uh, you know, understand compassion. And then uh, aparigraha, not hoarding. Again, the language is kind of, eh, let's call it generosity. Share. Share with others. Share knowledge. Share wisdom. Share resources. Feed people. Take care. Take care of people who are even, you know, become an activist for for people that you may not even believe the, th the same things that that they do. You know, right now we're celebrating the life of uh, our one of our gurus the in the Sikh tradition, Tag Bahadur, who was a martyr who gave his life to defend. Hindus, he was not practicing a practicing Hindu to defend Hindus who were being forced into um, conversion, forced conversions, gave his life. And look at the world that we are seeing right now. Look at this bullshit ladder of oppression and systemic racism and the way that we've, you know, told different groups of people that they don't belong. And I've only experienced the smallest fraction of that because I'm a white, straight male. You know, but I and I recognize I could take my turban off, shave my beard off and just blend right in. But that's not cool with me. And that's a it's a process in and of itself. Like I said, people put pressure on me to, oh, well, like, why would you be a Sikh or why is there so many Sikh posts on your Instagram or, you know, the reason one of the main reasons why I'm proud to be a Sikh is because I'm being called by my guru, by my spiritual practice to learn about all walks of life and to have compassion and to be a warrior to create a, a, a world, a space where people are free to express who they are. That's part of my, like, the tenet. It's part of my foundation. That's what is, makes me proud to be a Sikh. And some people, maybe you were raised like that. Maybe you were raised to, to like, really respect other people and to go out of your way to make sure that others are okay and are able to worship and to express themselves exactly who they are and that there's a hierarchical society. And, you know, to a certain extent, I was told that, but it was sort of like a side note. It's kind of like, well, yeah, you know, like, 
but while we're perpetuating this system of hierarchy it's gotta it's gotta be dismantled and that's why i practice yoga that's why i practice sikhi because it gives me the structure to do that work because without that structure i become selfish i become um, depressed i become a, an addict i become all of these things that i'm so crippled in my ick like my i'm so bogged down in my yuckiness that i can't do that and so i do i you know i do yoga not the just the physical postures but what we're talking about today i apply the systems of yoga i apply the lifestyle the dharam of sikhi and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of space for me to do that and you you're going to have a unique relationship to that whether whatever your faith or spiritual practice is whatever your understanding of how to do that but i do think this is a necessary part of uh, where we're at today we're being called by the one that is everywhere to dismantle this ladder of hierarchy uh, systems of oppression and um, create not create but become really aware of the supreme reality where there no one is higher and no one is lower and that's going to take action it's not just sit and stretch you know it's having hard conversations it's living who you're called to be even if everyone around you says like oh you shouldn't do that or it's not safe or whatever their trip is you're not gonna make money or whatever be you and then that brings us into the next part you know where it's like these are the things that you can do keep yourself clean you know so you feel good Keep your body clean. Eat clean food to the best of your ability. Keep your mind clean. Keep yourself healthy. Practice contentment, sentok. Contentment part is that we know we're going to experience the pairs of opposites. Sometimes, some things are going to be really hard and painful. Some things are going to be really joyful. And to not be attached to one and avert the other. Attachment and aversion. Contentment is, here it is. So, oh, some more pain. All right. Oh, some more joy. Okay making peace right we talked about hookham recently on the show making peace with reality that's santo not being addicted to pleasure and avoidant of pain some pain some of the painful experiences i've had have been true blessings actually most of them it's like a old uh, not old but a margot price country song a little pain never hurt anyone it's a good country line right so Keep yourself clean, you know, clean. It's relative to you. Like I know that if I eat too much sugar, I don't feel like I'm able to do my work fully. If I don't, if I, if I'm not taking cold showers every day, if I'm not getting out, going for a long walk every day, if I'm not making sure to eat fruits and vegetables, that's all about cleanliness, you know? And then Santo, contentment. And then structure need some structure so important you know and it's unique to everybody it's not beat yourself up it just creates some structure so that you can do the work that you're called to do right tapas discipline <clears throat> some people don't like the discipline word so structure find a way that it makes sense like you know in order for me to get these videos out to you these podcasts out to you the courses out to you i've got to have some structure it's not enough for me to just sit and go oh i'm just going to sit here and pray and see what happens it's active, you know? 
I'm going to sit here and pray. I'm going to do my walk. I'm going to do my meditation. I'm going to do my writing. I'm going to make my video. I'm going to edit. I'm going to get it out to you. I'm going to connect with the people. And while I'm doing it, I'm doing my spiritual practices. It's love in action. And then Swadhyaya, study. That's what we were saying before. Learn about where these things came from. Learn the languages. Learn where we went wrong. Learn about systemic racism. Learn about the way indigenous people have been treated here on the land where I live in Canada, but wherever you might be. Learn, 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 learn. Never stop learning. Always a student, a.k.a. a Sikh or a student. Keep learning, 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 learning. Read about environmental causes. Read about feminism. Read about the gurus. Read, learn another language. Read about um, racial justice work. Read about how to grow sprouts. Read about, read, 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 study, 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 study. Never stop reading, growing, learning, studying. And then Ishvara Pranidhana, devotion. Like we say in recovery, right? A higher power. Connect with something that is greater than your own need to be right. Greater than your self-worth issues. Something that is beyond the beyond. That is love itself. That is the beloved, the guide, the inner teacher, the knower, whatever it might be. Devote yourself to that. Get in touch with the part of you that doesn't die. And now... Here we are at devotion. This is where we start talking about stretching. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you do yoga. Oh, I can't because I'm not flexible. We're not even there yet. Like, look at this. This is the, this is the system here that is going to uh, create a space in your organism for the next more physical practices to actually work. So now it's like, okay, now it's the asana. What's asana? To sit. Okay. Well, uh, it's hard to sit. It hurts my back. I'm distracted. I'm thinking about what to make for lunch. I'm doing all of this. Okay, well, what can I do to learn to sit, to be at peace in my body? It's unique to you. Maybe you need some mantras of self-love and self-affirmation. I love my body. My body is my ally, whatever it is. Maybe you need to move. Maybe you need like some rigorous exercise. Maybe you need to walk slowly. Maybe you need to learn to move your body so that the brain is like sleeping and the body is just being moved by the breath. Maybe you need to climb mountains. Hold your breath underwater. Learn to box like my friend Jacob who's uh, watching today on the live. Learn martial arts. Whatever it is. Some kind of physical practice but not just not to get something in hierarchy not to get the trophy not to but for the sake of i love this and i want uh, it's my calling to express this through my body and i just love it it brings me so much joy and then learn to in your craft relax while you're using this organism utilizing the organism connecting to the earth as your body learn to relax your thinking a little bit as you go like, you know, the things we do, inhale up, exhale down, or moving the arms or whatever it is. Just moving energy. It's moving through the density, the surface, the tangible, the bones, the maya, into the subtle. And, and learning to relax 
your brain, your need to control and just be in the flow and move. And then same thing with breath. Get really interested in your breath. How does it work? What happens when I breathe like this? What happens when I breathe like that? Breath is the secret of life. Breath, the wind, the teacher, Pavan Guru, as Nanak said, has been there since before the Big Bang. It knows the secrets of all of life. Are you listening to your breath? Is your breath a priority? Are you giving thanks for your breath? Are you bringing devotion into the breath? Are you breathing in a way that brings life? Or is breath just kind of like, eh, whatever, it's breath, who cares? Something to notice. It's directly connected to the quality of life. Pratyahar, creating a healthy relationship to the senses, is what you're taking in through your senses, your ears, your eyes, your nose, your tongue, your touch, in service of dharma. Or is it in service of confusion, in service of harm, Remember those things we talked about? Is it, is it in service of compassion, benevolent action? Is it in service of truth, your, re, your reason for being here? Is it in service of gratitude? Is it in service of energy management, you know, managing your energy field? Benevolent energetic action? Is it in service of generosity? Is it in service of cleanliness? Your senses, how you use your senses. Are they in service of contentment? Are they in service of structure so that your dharma, you can live it fully? Are they in service of study? Are you studying with your eyes and with your ears? Are you learning the language? Are you sitting with the elders? Are you learning from the earth? Senses for devotion. Are you singing about love? Are you writing mystical poetry? You know what I mean? Like now we're talking yoga, my friends. And then a meditation practice. Concentration. Recite the mantras. Learn to read Gurbani. Um, follow the breath, like in the Buddhist practices. Listen to the sounds of the birds. Walking meditation. Whatever it might be, some kind of... Uh, Focused concentration practice. And what happens when you start to do all of these things? You start to experience a levity or dhyan or zen. And then the more you're doing the uh, actively engaged in the system, you start to dissolve the system of otherness, to dismantle the systems of oppression, of hierarchy within you and around you, in your language, in the way you interact with the world, how you are in relationship with yourself and with others, you start to have an experience of levity. You recognize the other person is you. The animals are you. The plants are you. Everything is interconnected, and you're having this experience like your heroes, you know, Guru Nanak or uh, the great indigenous uh, plant mo mothers who you know shared ayahuasca or ganja or whatever it is. However you relate to that, you start to experience this levity or you get sober and you, you're no longer a slave to the bottle and you've, you've been doing it for a while and you've been applying the yoga and the breathing and you've been studying and you've been praying and you start to experience this levity like you've never felt so alive before or in a really long time. That's it, my friends. And that's the seventh step. But I thought you said there was eight. 
Well, if you get accustomed to being on these seven steps, what you will experience is samadhi. And some people say, oh, it's freedom, enlightenment. Well, actually, samadhi means sameness, which is another word for oneness. You start to see that everything is the same organism. Everything is interdependent. And just those little tastes that you get will inspire you to continue to do the work, personally, individually, and then out there in the world. And that's how it works. I hope this episode has inspired you in some way. If you'd like to learn more or spend more time in conversation on topics like this, yoga philosophy, spiritual traditions of the world, please become a member of True Seekers Union. We meet on Wednesday nights. Just go to truthseekersunion.ca. Uh, if you love the podcast, if you love the work that we do, please share it with your friends and family. Please rate us and review us. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, trying to reach more people on the video platforms. Um, and if you'd like to work one-on-one with me, I've got space right now, especially since we're at home, to take new clients. So if you're feeling called to do some one-on-one work, please email tiagopremsing at gmail.com. Um, if you have little questions and that kind of thing, tune in to the Wednesday morning live and uh, you, you can ask questions, make comments, whatever it might be. If you have suggestions for topics to cover, please let me know. Uh, or you just like to share what you love about the show, please also let me know. So thank you so much for being here. I'm going to tune out here and just say good morning to my friends who are watching on Instagram. Uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you all. And we'll see you next week. Lots of love. Wahiguruji ka kalsa. Wahiguruji ki fateh.